This is our number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And this is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of ever-increasing insanity, which has overtaken this formerly great nation of ours. And in this hour, we're going to focus on Trump sanity and how Donald Trump really became the GOP nominee. Because, Leah, I think it's pretty fair to say that there are a lot of people, probably even some Trump supporters, that are rather shocked that we've gotten to this point. Would you not agree with that? Uh, maybe. I mean, I most of the Trump supporters that I know are were convinced he was going to be there and convinced that he is going to sweep the nation. No, I, I was 48 states. I was referencing some Trump supporters, but the people I'm focusing on are not Trump supporters because I, it's my perception that they they would be much more likely to be shocked. My point is that there's a lot of people out there who are stunned that Donald Trump is the GOP nominee. I, at first, did not believe this was possible. However, once he started getting traction, I was quick to learn what was going to happen. And in November of last year, when the liberal, fraudulent, hackish prediction guru, media darling Nate Silver, predicted that (laughs) Donald Trump had no chance of being the GOP nominee in November of last year. You knew it was a lock. (laughs) Right. Well, well, Nate Silver has this amazing (laughs) reputation in the media. They go, oh, oh, Nate Silver said it. It must be true. And uh, so he had written an article (laughs) called uh, Dear Media, Stop uh, Going Crazy Over Donald Trump's Poll Numbers. And I wrote a column for Mediaite saying, Dear Nate Silver, we should damn right well be going crazy over Donald Trump's uh, poll numbers. And here's why. And I went on to predict with about 85 to 90 percent efficiency the entire GOP race, although I did not uh, believe that Trump would win the nomination before the convention. Uh, that that really did stun me. Um, for- I was hoping he would, though. I was. Uh, look, I was a Donald Trump supporter at the beginning mm-hmm. because he got up there and he was non-PC and right. build the wall yeah. and he was giving it to everybody and I loved it. And then all of a sudden I started listening to what he was saying. I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm very but capable then, of changing to anything I want to change to. <laughs> and I'm the poorly educated. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then. I'm the poorly educated. Then I just wanted it over. I couldn't take it anymore. Okay, so regardless of how many people are shocked, um, I'm going to delve into the real story of how we got here because no one's telling this story. So I will because I think I'm probably more qualified than anyone else to do it. And the story basically has two different tracks to it. There's the media track and then there's the political track. There's the track of how the media has changed over the last 20 years and how the Republican Party has been forced to change because of our drastically altered demographics over the last 20 years. So let me start with what I think was the first development that really altered everything in the landscape, which eventually gave birth to Donald Trump. And it was actually a very simple invention. It was the invention was the invention of overnight television ratings. You see, back in the dark ages, when I started in television as a local TV sportscaster, local TV stations only got ratings three months out of the year. 
February, May, and November. That wasn't that long ago. This was the 90s, all right? And by the way, this was in major markets. That's why they used to be called sweeps months. Remember that? Yes, there, I you, do. There used to be called something referred to as sweeps months. Sweeps week. Right, yeah, Wait, or, sweeps week. Well, there was sweeps week, <laughs> but also it was it was basically a month, February, May, and November. And people used to mock local television because in those three months, they'd bring out all the craziness, you know. What's in your refrigerator that's going to kill you? Yeah, right, exactly. So the journalistic standards dropped dramatically in those three months because that's the, those are the three months they got graded for ratings. The other months, they really didn't care. And they could actually do, theoretically, real news because there was really no accountability because there was no ratings for most of the markets. And even the national uh, state networks you know, well, there were ratings, we, they didn't get them overnight, and so they could never know for sure, for sure, what made the ratings bump and what made the ratings decline. They could guess, right. but there was something called human interpretation and uh, and human reaction and human decision-making that played a part. So you, actual human beings... Mess well, everything up. Well, no, I, I, as bad, no, as dumb as as dumb as human beings are, sometimes it's better to have human beings than machines. See, it used to be that actual human beings decided whether or not a news story was important enough to obsess over. You know, they might have thought, well, this is something that people probably like or, or want to hear about, or more, or maybe this is just really important. But the point is, there was very limited accountability. Because there wasn't enough data to prove whether or not the story you did last night was the right story or not. Are you following me? Yes. So, so you let you were led by your instincts as a news your person. Your news right, instincts. Right, right. And then, and people in the business used to be actually taught things like journalism. So, right. so the reality was that journalism, while it wasn't perfect, it actually existed mainly because at that time. Television stations, radio stations, and newspapers were licenses to print money. That's what they were. They were licenses to print money. So the owners, you know, the news operation was almost kind of like a novelty shop, you know, like the, the, the fun part of the station where you really didn't care whether you made money or not because you're making a boatload over in the rest of the station. So, <laughs> so it didn't really matter. So you were allowed to go and do journalism, and you didn't have to – sell your soul every freaking second to make sure you kept the audience because again there wasn't overnight television ratings but then that changed and around the turn of the century we got overnight television ratings and those overnight television ratings evolved to the point now where the every single morning at 11 a.m on the east coast every single network and now we've got a, a, a got 500 of them which is a huge part of this fragmentation, which I predicted in my book in 2005, The Death of Free Speech, was going to kill us all, figuratively, if not literally. And I was right about that. But we, we, we now live in a world where at 11 a.m., every single morning, every single network knows to the minute, to the minute, sometimes even less than that, the minute what stories bumped and what stories declined. And therein lies the first major seed to what ended up resulting in Donald Trump 
being the GOP nominee. I'll explain further when we return on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And in this hour of the program, we are discussing the real story of how it is that Donald Trump became the GOP nominee, a story that no one else understands and can tell you the way that we can on the John and Leah Show. And it all begins with the fundamental change in the news media, the fragmentation from when we had four different TV stations nationwide, basically, to now where we have at least 400, and where we went from ratings going every three three months every year with no real data to understand which one story hit or missed in any given month to now where we get overnight television ratings for every single one of those networks where to the minute they can tell you exactly what story popped and what story deflated the audience. So now we live in this fragmented age, Leah, where it's no longer a license to print money for a a radio station, a television station, or a newspaper. In fact, now they have to scramble for every crumb that's left on the table. That's right. and, and, And in the Internet age, we've got also thousands of Internet websites with badly broken business models that also have to scramble after whichever story's hot that moment. And when I mean moment, I mean moment. I mean, that's the, why we got Anna Nicole Smith 24 right, seven. Right. So, so the attention span, the attention span has shrunk dramatically and the impetus by so-called news outlets to create news instead of just cover it has exponentially grown. We all this this also did something else. Not only did it lower journalistic standards. It dramatically increased the importance of celebrity, and this cannot be underestimated, especially with regard to the power of Trump. And here's why that is. Television networks and even radio and certainly the Internet, they understand that the first barrier to you getting involved in a story is you don't know who the person is that's at the center of the story. That's a huge barrier. 
because people don't have time. They've got short attention spans. We're intellectually weak. We're not that curious. If you right. hear a unless it's unless it's a uh, beautiful blonde. Well, okay, exactly. That's the only exception. No, you're right. No, that's a, a great point. Hot chick trumps most. Use that term appropriately. Trumps <laughs> almost all celebrity. Hot chick first, celebrity second, depending right. on the outlet. All right, but but that's actually the exception that proves the rule because that's the same concept. What's going to keep somebody's eyeballs? If mm-hmm. it's a male, it's a hot chick. If it's anybody else, a celebrity will. So if you have a celebrity right. in a story, the story can be complete and utter bullcrap. But you're more likely, or at least an audience is more likely to hang in with the story because you overcome the first barrier, which is, I don't know anything about this person at the center mm-hmm. of the story. If the story is about Donald Trump, oh, wait a minute, I know that guy. He's kind of yeah. funny. Everyone knows who Donald Trump is. So immediately, it's on the approved list of topics. Any, no producer is going to get in trouble ever for doing a story on Donald Trump. It could be the biggest load of crap ever. It could even actually do poorly in the ratings. It won't matter because he's on the approved list of topics. There's no (laughs) risk involved. No one's going to lose their gig, which is the most important thing of all the media, if you do a story on Donald Trump. So the, the media landscape fundamentally changed, fundamentally changed to now where every second counts. And we know which topics, which stories, which subjects are doing well and which are doing not. Now, that leads us to what happened with regard to Donald Trump and this primary. Donald Trump, and there's strong evidence to suggest that he did this on purpose because he knows the news media as well as Very anybody well. in the world. I mean, he knows the news media almost as well as I do. Yeah, he can work it. And, 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 he, and he has the f- power to manipulate it because he has <laughs> way more leverage than I could ever imagine having. So, so he understands it. So he understood that in the late summer, there is a gap. There's a void. There's a vacuum. There is nothing there, especially for news networks. They, you know, so there is nothing to cover. He also understands the power of his own celebrity. So he announces right there in the in the mid late summer, and not only does he announce, he starts purposely making incendiary comments to make it clear that not only is he running for president, he's running for president in a way that no one ever has before. This is going to be the greatest show on earth. Yes. And and the cable networks can't possibly resist because he's a celebrity. And he's entertaining, and they got nothing else to talk about. And this is important it's far enough away from actual votes where the news media can rationalize we're just having fun here. This isn't for real. This is just a this is just a short fling. We're just we're, we're just like a kid playing with matches. This isn't gonna. We're bur- not getting married. Right. This isn't gonna burn down the whole house. I mean, even if the fire gets out of control, we can always put it out later. There's no real concern here. Let's just have some fun. So that's how the fire starts. And when we come back on the John and Leah show, I'll tell you how it became an inferno, and Donald Trump became the GOP nominee. This on the John and Leah Show and the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And if you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, in the article section, you can see, um, among many things, you can see an article I wrote that went more viral than just about anything I've ever written. Uh, In fact, so much so that the outlet created two different versions of the same column. Why, I have no idea. They but had it, to resend it. Yeah, well, they did, but they didn't need. They could have just resent the original. But both, both, the first one went hugely viral. The second one went mini viral, and it uh, that's what resulted in my MSNBC appearance from about uh, two weeks ago. It's called uh, "How the Conservative Media Sold Its Soul to Facilitate the Nomination of Donald Trump," and that is part. That's part of the entire story. It's an important part of the entire story. The real tale of how it is that Donald Trump this week clinched the Republican nomination to the utter shock of the GOP establishment and most of the news media, and I think many normal Americans as well. And I'm telling, with Leah's help, the real story here, because no one's telling the real story. No one is giving you the the real nuts and bolts of how this occurred. And I've already gone through how the changes, the dramatic changes in the news media landscape, the dramatic fragmentation which changed and broke the business models of radio, television, newspapers, and even the Internet. And the advent of overnight television ratings dramatically increased the emphasis on celebrity and dramatically decreased the emphasis on journalism. Because one of the things, Leah, and this is is never said, and even myself, I don't emphasize this enough. Here's what happened once we got overnight television ratings. And this was a big shock to the networks. They found out, holy crap, no one cares. Cares about news. About news. Oh, my God. No, no seriously. I'm, this is not yes. exaggeration. No, it's true. No, when we, got the, when they, we actually got the real ratings, the data enabled us to look at it and go, oh, my God. We've been working too hard. Right. No one cares about anything substantive. No <laughs> one cares even about politics. Even nope. those who are watching cable news networks don't really care about news. 
knows most of them. That's what we learned. That was an amazing revelation, and it scared the living daylights out of everybody. So Fox News figured it out first. Okay, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put your legs on display, ladies. Exactly. Let's get as many blondes with big boobs as we can find, (laughs) because that's the only way a news network is going to make a lot of money, even in this fragmented era. So Fox News figured it out. They basically, the Fox News and the Golf Channel have the exact same model, which is basically middle-aged white guys like their conservative politics and their golf coverage with women with blonde hair and big boobs. That's what works. So yep. that that's the world we're now living in. So with that understanding, Trump announces at the perfect time, he makes it clear this is the greatest show on earth. He's like no other guy. He doesn't care. And he understands his audience. I mean, it is amazing to me, Leah. And I'll give Trump props for this, and I've done it numerous times over the last several months. For a guy who is clearly a Manhattan liberal who has lived in the billionaire bubble his most, if not all, of his life, he understood the conservative base better than Rush Limbaugh. I'm going to build a wall. Better than Sean Hannity. Certainly better than the GOP establishment. He understood. He hit all the points. He pressed all the buttons. And he got them all in a tizzy. And so the conservative media, now armed specifically at Fox News Channel, now armed with overnight television ratings and Internet data that shows what goes viral and what doesn't instantaneously, they're in a slow news period. And this is a critical period in the Trump candidacy, critical, because for Trump as a liberal Democrat to be as a celebrity without ever having been elected to any office, period. And by the way, let me let me just can we, can we please just remind people of something that never gets mentioned anymore. We have never elected a president of the United States in the history of this country who either didn't hold major political office or win a major war. Trump has done neither, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you count what he describes as his own Vietnam, which was surviving the sexual revolution of the 1970s. That's a short quote. Correct. That's a quote from Donald Trump. I'm sure Hillary's never going to use that one, folks. That avoiding venereal disease in the 1970s as a rich bachelor was his personal Vietnam. Hey, listen, that was tough. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was brutal. I'm sure, and I'm sure Vietnam vets aren't going to be offended by that at all. Once no. that once that audio becomes uh, well known, but anyway, so back back to this the issue here. So this critical moment in the Trump campaign is is he going to be taken seriously? And the conservative media has two choices, well three kind of. They can ignore him, which they're never going to do because it's a slow period and he's ratings, right? So they, they, they were never going to ignore him. They could have destroyed him, or they could embrace him. They embraced him, and they embraced yeah. Why would they destroy him? Because there go the ratings. Exactly. But you see, people are under the misimpression that Fox News Channel and conservative talk radio and conservative websites that those are based in a cause, the cause of promoting conservatism or defeating liberalism. They're not. They are businesses, almost all of them, and the business model is broken. And so when 
uh, this manna from heaven called Donald Trump comes along, they couldn't resist it. And as I said in the last segment, at first, I would like to get maybe, and you tell me if I'm wrong about this, Leah. Am I giving okay. them too much credit when I suggest that they didn't fully comprehend the fire with which they were playing? Do you agree or oh, disagree uh, with that? Uh, they did not. They had no idea. They thought he would be wiped out quickly, and this was a play toy right. uh, that, that, that would keep them entertained and keep their ratings up until the contest got serious. Exactly. I agree with that a thousand percent. So here's what ends up happening. And I, while I did not know that Trump would be the nominee, I think I was pretty darn clear that first week when we talked about it on this show, this is trouble. Yes. This, this is trouble, and I knew it was trouble because I saw what the conservative media was doing, and I saw how it was going to dramatically disrupt the process of finding a nominee. Because now all of a sudden, instead of focusing on the real and substantive candidates who could not only win but govern as a president of the united states we have this shiny object on the side of the road that everyone's like oh look at this and i'm like whoa 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 over here over here don't look at that <laughs> hold on don't ignore the shiny object this is important folks scott walker is over here well right and the first one to get out was scott walker because and and, and he was the one that was torpedoed first by donald trump and there's no question about that. It was a direct correlation. And why was it? It was because Scott Walker, when he got in, Matt Drudge embraced him. We talked about it extensively. It looked mm -hmm. like Walker was the anointed guy because whoever Drudge yeah. picks has an enormous advantage. People forget that without Drudge, Mitt Romney probably doesn't survive the, the nominating process in 2012. Matt Drudge saved his ass. Uh, and so it's hard to go against Drudge. And Drudge clearly was picking Walker until the hot blonde got in or the hot orange <laughs> the hot orange guy got into the race. And he tossed Walker aside immediately, and it was all Trump all the time. Well, Walker had understandably created an infrastructure for his campaign based on the fact that he was a front runner. He had to, because if he hadn't, he would have been criticized. What the heck were you doing? You know, you, you were the front runner. Now you don't have the infrastructure to to be able to to survive once you win Iowa or come in, you know, second in Iowa or whatever you're going to do with, as the the presumed front runner in the GOP race. Well, all of a sudden he's dropping in the polls, not because he's a bad candidate, but because he can't get any traction. If Trump if Trump wasn't in the race, all that oxygen during the the October, November period last year would have been focused on Walker because Walker was the front runner and Walker's celebrity would have been increased. And then all of a sudden you could do a story on Walker whenever you wanted to because everyone would know who he was. Well, now he's got no real celebrity, no charisma. He's not exciting. He doesn't bring ratings. He's only spot. he's got the bald spot, which drove Leah Brandon crazy, and which drove me crazy that it drove her crazy. Um, and so, so Walker is the first guy to realize this ain't happening. And to his credit, because he's still got a gig as governor of Wisconsin, he gets out and he urges everybody else to get out with him. No one listens. Not one person. No we were really one, hoping Jeb would get out then. I think that's who he was focused on. When he, when he mm -hmm. said, I'm urging my colleagues to get the hell out, I think he meant, that's you, Jeb. Jeb. <laughs> that's you, Jeb. <laughs> and unfortunately, selfishness plays a, you, to use a, a Trump term, huge, a huge, huge with a Y, huge role in how Trump wins here. Because 
Jeb was selfish. Christy was selfish. Kasich was selfish. Yeah. I even believe Ted Cruz was selfish. Yes. Um, and, and let me tell you why Ted Cruz was selfish. And I realize this is going to piss off Cruz fans. But here's a guy who this week told us that Donald Trump was evil, basically. I'm paraphrasing, right? He told us yes. he was evil. He's, he did that in a, an act of desperation after he had already lost. But when Donald Trump was still beatable before the primary season began, and remember there was going to be that dust-up between Cruz and, and Trump, and the first shots were fired, what did Cruz do? Cruz tweeted, Donald Trump is terrific. And they took a photo together in, I think, Trump's office with their thumbs both up. And at the right. next debate, Trump basic, uh, Cruz basically kissed Trump's ass. Why? Because Cruz had made a political calculation that it would be good for him in the long run, presuming that Trump was going to implode on his own and he would get Correct. the supporters. Well, that was selfish, Ted Cruz, and it was incorrect. So you're And not to mention that everyone that took on Donald Trump was sent packing. Well, specifically Marco Rubio. All right, so we'll, let's continue with this, uh, the real story of how Donald Trump became the nominee when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using my pillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Doing things a little bit differently during this portion of the program. And the next hour, by the way, uh, among other things we'll get to, are two of the worst cases of media malpractice that I've ever seen in my entire life, both in the realm of sports, although they really don't have much to do with sports, uh, one involving Kurt Schilling, the other involving Joe Paterno. That's going to be in hour number three of the program. Uh, we'll also continue this current topic into the first part of hour number three, and that topic is how did Donald Trump really become the GOP nominee? And where we left the story off was basically just about when Iowa was coming uh, into the uh, forefront, the first uh, caucus, and the selfishness of a lot of these candidates, specifically Jeb Bush, who clearly had no chance of winning, uh-uh. but didn't get out. And they didn't get out out of ego. And I also think this is where the uh, the inherent absurdity of Trump's own candidacy 
helped him, Leah, because everyone underestimated him. I'm sure. Everyone figured, well, we don't really need to worry about Trump. I mean, it's almost like they pretended that that 30% that he was getting didn't even count, that they were only judging the race on the other 70% because that 30% was eventually going to dissipate once Trump imploded and it was going to scatter to all the other candidates. And once Trump's gone, we're going to start this thing for real. And, of course, that didn't happen. And I knew fairly early on that wasn't going to happen. And instead of dissipating, it actually slowly increased. And now it's... But every day that he was saying something, you know, that any other candidate... It would have been the end, the Mexican right. rapist, the I like soldiers who aren't right. captured, the everything. Okay, but, but here's here's where the media played in such an incredibly important role. Not only did they give him an unprecedented amount of free advertising. I mean, the, the most incredible stat about Donald Trump winning the nomination is he spent almost no money to do it. That's Be- right. Because he was given, by some estimates, two billion dollars in free advertising he would call the tv stations and they would let him go right well that's that's my point because you know and i've been in a small small way i have been in situations that have been rather controversial as you know and i you know i've been on the today show three times and what and what ends up happening is see because i'm not a celebrity and because i'm on the wrong side of the issue politically Always, uh, always. <laughs> I have I have no leverage. Right. I'm not, I'm not even a hot chick. So, I mean, if, if no, I, if, I so, so I'm a white male who's on the wrong side of the issue. I'm not a celebrity. And so I have no leverage. And so I have no ability to fight back. None. Because it, at best, they, someone might interview me and then take what I say in response totally out of context to fit whatever agenda they have. <laughs> That's right. Trump, Trump. It's a totally different world. If he mm-hmm. wants to respond to something, he can just call. <laughs> he doesn't have to get to a studio. He can call into any network he wants, and they'll give him a half hour. Wait, wait, wait. Trump, Trump, Trump's on the phone. Trump, dump him, dump him. Just dump whatever we got. Just dump it. Tr- get, get Trump Get rid of Ziggler. Right. And, and he'll get asked no hard questions because, because we want him to come on again. So, sure. So he gets an unfettered 15, 20, 30 minutes to respond to anything he wants. Well, anybody can do PR if you have that <laughs> advantage. My gosh. I mean, but so he's, he's basically being given control over numerous major networks yes. at, a, at a whim to respond to whatever he wants to respond to. So you can make any mistake you want, and your, your base is not going to leave you because they get to hear your full, unfettered, response and correct so, and so that was a, a a major major part of what kept trump afloat and more importantly than anything else boxed out everybody else because nobody could get any traction because they're right. having to spend money that they don't have and they can't raise money because their poll numbers suck and jeb <laughs> and jeb sitting there is his super PAC is burning money on a daily basis a hundred million dollars down they end, the drain where they end up more worse than down the drain i would have preferred i would have preferred <laughs> it would have been far yeah, better. True. It, would, it would have been far better for the country if the Jeb Bush Super PAC had held a party, a bonfire.
fire and taken the hundred million dollars and ignited it with gasoline. That would have been far more productive because instead what they did was they spent at least 20 million on that attacking Marco Marco Rubio. Rubio. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio, not only the guy who is from a friendship standpoint, the closest to Jeb Bush, but he's also the closest to Jeb Bush with regard to which part of the electorate they appeal to, and a guy who actually had a chance to beat Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. So, yeah, so, Jeb Bush, you ruined it for everybody. So you're gonna, so you're gonna spend your money <laughs> attacking the only the guy who has the best chance after Scott Walker left uh, of beating Hillary. And by the way, it doesn't do you any good because because no. Jeb, as we predict, we predicted the moment Jeb got in, there was no chance. None. Uh-uh. Zero. I actually who thought, ever thought that was a good idea. People who think it's still 1988 that and, and that gets me to another part of this entire equation, which is really important. And that is that the Republican Party, this is why I often refer to another one of my infamous analogies, I refer to the Republican Party as a lot like Notre Dame football, where they are still convinced that it's the 1980s or the early 90s. You know, Ronald Reagan is going to come out of (laughs) retirement at any moment, and the country is still basically center-right, and it's just a matter of time. We just got to be patient. We just got to be patient. It's all going to come back to when we were the best, It's it's, but it's not. That world is gone forever. Now, you might still be able to be competitive. You can still be competitive under on certain days and certain circumstances when you're playing a cupcake schedule, like midterm elections. Midterm elections, Republicans are still really good at because the entire country isn't voting. That's and, And therein lies the number one misconception of the conservative base. The conservative base, much like Notre Dame football fans, think the country really hasn't changed since 1980. When it's dramatically changed, and part of the reason why they think it hasn't changed is because they keep seeing, well, Republicans are winning midterm elections. We control the House. We control the Senate. And, my God, why shouldn't we win the presidency with a conservative? Because midterm elections are totally different than general elections for reasons that I will explain when we come back in hour number three as we continue with the real story of how Donald Trump shocked the world and won the GOP nomination. Only right here, this is as you will hear it only on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's free 